May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, people who have the truth. Our text today is Romans 10, verses 8 to 15. Let me read a couple of those verses again. Except I need my glasses. You don't want me to try to read this without them. Where did I put those? I will get them and I'll be right. Okay, I apologize for that little bit of acting. Um, I knew where they were, but thank you for caring enough about me to prevent me from going all the way there. But, but did any of you feel my pain at least a little bit there? When you're looking for something that is right there, honey, where are my keys that you're holding in your hand? It's just that you're also holding your coffee cup so you don't see them. Or, or where are my glasses? They're, they're always there. Or where did I put my wallet or my phone that is in my pocket right where it should be, but I don't see it. You realize, of course, that all of the time and effort and energy that we spend looking for those things that are right there, and we don't know they're right there, but we're looking for them, all of that effort is wasted, right? It's, it's worthless. It's futile. We don't realize it until we realize it, but it's true all along. Like the time I got out of the security line at the airport to go find my ID in my car. Because I was sure it wasn't in the little spot in the wallet where it was supposed to be. So I was sure last time I had used it, I had taken it out and, and just left it in the cup holder. So all the way back to the parking lot, and that's not a small parking lot. And when I got there, I realized, oh no, wait a second. I had taken it out of the little spot in the, in the wallet to put in my pocket so it would be nice and handy for the TSA agent. When we're looking for something in the wrong place, we're not going to find it. And we just make life harder. It works that exact same way when it comes to the thing that everybody needs to find. A relationship with God. In the verses just before our text, Paul calls it the righteousness that is by faith. That's what every human is looking for, whether they realize it or not. The the ability to stand before God, to have a relationship with the one who created us and rules over all things. Because he is holy and righteous. For us to be with him, we need to be holy. We need the righteousness that is by faith. And in the verses just before our text, Paul talks about what the righteousness that is by faith says. And he says it tells us that that we shouldn't think that we have to go do some great thing to get it. Right? He says, don't think that you have to go up into heaven and search for it and bring it down or search the depths of the earth and bring it up. He says it's right here. Look at verse 8. The word, the truth, is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. It's right here what we're looking for. 
And then he itemizes very specifically what it is that this message, this truth that everyone is looking for that's right here, what it is it says. Verse 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's so simple, not some feat of strength or fortitude of character, not some task list completed or enemy defeated. He says it's just, it's just here. He repeats it in verse 10. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. God gives it as a gift. We're not doing something to go get it. We're just receiving it, believing, and then just naturally talking about what's in our hearts. No matter who we are. Look at the next verse, verse 12. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He blesses us. That's who God is. That's what he does. I mean, it is so simple. And it's right here. The truth is near you. Let's not make it harder by missing it like I did with my glasses. We simply receive, believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. This truth, its incredible power, is so simple. Jesus did die to pay for our sins. And because our sins were paid for, death could not hold Jesus anymore, and so Jesus rose from the dead. Because we have justification, that that not guilty verdict. God blesses us, right? That's what he does. He blesses us with this righteousness, this, this gift, this relationship with him. Through the truth that is so near you. It's the truth that you hear here every single Sunday. It's the truth that you find on every page of your Bible at home. It's the truth that is there with every tap of your Bible app. The truth that you have known so long. The truth is the simple message that God loves you. He's got you. It's just that simple. But that doesn't mean it's not powerful. I know it sounds too good to be true. And you've probably heard all your life that you get what you have coming, right? So you better do good things so that you get good things coming. And even if people haven't told you that, there's that little voice inside that uh, is definitely trying to steer your thoughts in that direction, isn't there? And if you're wondering, do I really think that, that? Think about how you think about others. Right? You see the people who are having a really rough go of life, and what's the natural thought? Well, they've made some pretty bad decisions. Right? They're getting what they had coming. But, but me, I always try my hardest. I, I've always been a pretty good person. I've done my best. And so the good things in my life are a result of my hard work, my good old-fashioned grit and determination. Right? And the bad things, those lemons, well, those are just the lemons for me to make lemonade from. Right? And... and Maybe that's what you're working on right now. But do you understand the danger in that line of thinking? That's doing exactly what the righteousness that is by faith told us not to do. Right? 
Remember, it said, don't think that you have to do some big thing. Don't think you've got to go up to heaven and find righteousness there and bring it back or, or search the depths of your heart and bring that righteousness up from there. We just receive this power. Which is good because it is far more power than we could ever generate. Paul quotes Isaiah in verse 13 there to to remind us, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. You can probably think of plenty of times when trusting in yourself led to shame. Think of some of the celebrities that at one point everybody loved, right? They were the greatest people, but then, then that one thing came out. That one truth was revealed and shame. Names like Bill Cosby or Mel Gibson or Danny Masterson here recently. Shame? Absolutely. And while your mistakes probably don't make headlines like theirs, if your worth, if your value was dependent on what you've done, I think we can all think of the things that would bring us shame. But when our trust is in Him, when we find our value and our worth in the perfect life and innocent death of God's Son, well, Paul says it, we'll never be put to shame. Look at verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is ours. It's powerful. And then in the last part of our text, we hear that it needs to be preached. It's as simple as coming into contact with the message of God's powerful word so that his powerful word can bring its power to bear in our lives. And how does that happen? Well, think about our gospel reading this morning. Jesus was looking at those people who were looking to themselves for their relationship with God, and he said they were harassed and helpless, harassed by the demands of this world and their own guilty consciences, helpless to do anything really to fix it. And Jesus had compassion on them. He said they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he told his disciples, pray. Pray that God send workers into the harvest field to tell these people who need to hear it about the peace that comes from Jesus, right? Or, or think of the Old Testament lesson, Jonah. Right? Rebellious Jonah, unwilling Jonah. God sent him to tell those people of Nineveh about the righteousness of God. And when even Jonah preached, what happened? God's power changed hearts. And then in our text, we hear Paul's real logical deduction, right? How are they going to trust in God if they don't believe? And how are they going to believe this truth if they haven't heard it? And how are they going to hear if no one tells them? And how are people going to tell them if they aren't sent to tell them? So, Jesus sends you out. Think about in the gospel. He told us to pray for workers in the harvest field. Have you ever read the, ver- have you ever read the very next verse after that part of the story in Matthew's gospel? It says, so Jesus called his disciples to him and sent them out. 
He said, hey, you prayed for it? You're the answers. God wants us to be the answer to the question our text asked. How will they hear if no one preaches to them? Well, you can preach to them. With your life of love and your words of God's truth, you can show people that Jesus is Lord, that he did pay for your sins, and that he did rise from the dead to prove it, to give you salvation. You are the missionary that Jesus has sent to the people that he has placed in your life. And then grace upon grace, you add on to that. You know, here at Abiding Grace, we gather together to go out into our community and to get into the lives of people who need to hear this truth so that we can preach that gift of peace to them. And then you think about our offerings. If the offerings you give, we we send to our synod to, to send missionaries around the world. And yes, even into our own country where people need to hear about Jesus. In fact, just next week in Canton, Georgia, is the grand opening for our new mission church there. Keep that in your prayers. If you've been coming any length of time, I'm guessing that you have a story. Because you come here, you get encouraged to tell people about Jesus, and, and I'm guessing that God has used you to connect someone to that message. Because God's powerful, right? When his word is preached, God does amazing things. And even if yours is as simple as you invited someone to church and they heard about Jesus, praise God. But I want to tell you a story that you're a part of, whether you realize it or not, through your offerings. I was talking to my brother-in-law a while back, uh, and he told me about a, a, a gentleman that I met. So my brother, brother-in-law is a member at our sister church in the Miami area, and I was down there. I did a seminar, and I, I met some of the people there. I met their congregation president named Louise, um, and my brother-in-law knew I knew him, so he, he mentioned to me about how Louise, his family calls him Lucho, uh, Louise and his brother Camilo had been butting heads, constantly arguing. Because Louise was here in, in Miami and, and, and Camilo was back still in Colombia. Um, Louise had gotten very involved with his church, right? He was the congregation president. Camilo could not understand why he wasted his time and even gave money and and spent all this effort for a religion because Camilo said he didn't need it, right? Camilo had a restaurant. Life was going great. Money was rolling in. Life was good. He didn't need God. And it bothered him that Lucho spent all that time and effort and then talked about it. And what was even worse is that Lucho wanted Camilo to listen to God and to hear God's word. And that, so they were constantly arguing. And then uh, Lucho encouraged Camilo to download the Academia Cristo app. So it's an app that our church body has put together to, to teach the basic truths of, of Christianity in the Spanish language. And... Uh, um, so Lucho asked Camila to download it, and, and he did, not because he wanted to find a relationship with God like Lucho wanted, but because he wanted to find ammunition for his arguments with his brother. 
He wanted to find the holes in this whole religion thing. He, he wanted to, to, to find the weaknesses so that he could win the argument and prove that he was right and Lucho was wrong. But since I'm telling this to you here, you can probably guess that's not exactly how it played out, right? Camilo downloaded the app. He did the first lesson and took a little, the little quiz so that he could get to the, the next lesson and he did the next lesson and he's looking for the holes in this whole thing and then he did the next one and the next one and it kind of it amps up and you get to the point where you're in like Zoom classes with uh, pastors from our synod who, who speak Spanish and well then something interesting happened. Camilo decided to start closing down his restaurant on Sunday, one of the busiest days. But he closed it down so that he could host the church plant that he was starting. He's starting a sister congregation. And every, every customer at the restaurant throughout the week gets an invitation. And, and, and they have to hear about what Camilo has experienced. This piece that he didn't know he was missing. He didn't know he needed that piece until it was literally right in the palm of his hand. And now he's doing everything he can to share that peace with others. So, so I asked my brother, I called my brother-in-law to see if I could use the, that story. And he told me if I did, I had to tell you about the last time he talked to Louise, they had gotten together and, and just out of the blue, Louise's wife brought up Camilo again because they had talked about him before and, and said what a different man he was. Completely new. He used to be so angry, they said. But now there, there was joy. Now he had that, that peace and couldn't help but try to share it with everyone. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, Paul writes. May God grant that we see it. This truth is near us. Its power is so simple. Its power is so powerful. Its power needs to be preached. May God grant our may God bless our, our efforts to do that in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed, printed on page thirteen in the bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we take this opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. We continue with our confirmation of new members. Uh, Jeremy and Lacey, if you'd like to come forward. <coughs> Brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord Jesus said to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. In obedience to the Lord's command, you have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You've been taught the precious truths of the Christian faith as confessed by the Evangelical Lutheran Church. You know what God has given you by his grace and what he expects of you as his dear child. You may now exercise the privilege of partaking of Holy Communion. You are here to make a public profession of your Christian faith. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Therefore, lift up your hearts to the God of all grace and joyfully answer these questions. Do you this day in the presence of God and this congregation acknowledge that in baptism God gave you the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation? Do you reject the devil along with all his lies and empty promises? Do you believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Do you believe all the books of the Bible to be the inspired Word of God? Do you believe that the teaching of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, as you have learned to know it based on Luther's small catechism, is faithful and true to the Word of God? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this teaching and to endure all things, even death, rather than fall away from it? If so, answer, I do, and I ask God to help me. Will you support with your prayers, time, talents, and offerings the work our Lord has given to this congregation? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. 
Do you intend faithfully to conform all your life to the teachings of God's Word, to be faithful in the use of Word and sacrament, attending worship and Bible study regularly, studying His Word at home, and in faith and action remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as long as you live? If so, answer, I do, and I ask God to help me. Since it is God alone who enables us both to will and to do His good pleasure, It is right for all of us, dear friends in Christ, to call on him for these confirmands, that he would graciously complete the good work which he has begun in them. Let us therefore bow our heads and pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in bringing your children to the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, and in giving them both the heart to believe and the mouth to confess his saving name. Enable them to bring forth the fruits of faith and to continue steadfast and victorious until the day comes when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Jeremy Ray Whitfield, as you stand before God and his church and make your promises of faithfulness to God, you've chosen as your confirmation verse one that reminds you of God's power and protection for your life. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication for me, declares the Lord. Welcome. Now may God the Father who created you, God the Son who redeemed you, and God the Holy Spirit who sanctifies you keep you faithful to life everlasting. Amen. And Lacey Amber Whitfield, as you make your confirmation promises this morning and promise faithfulness to God, He promises faithfulness to us. The verse you selected to mark that is Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Welcome. Now may God the Father who created you, God the Son who redeemed you, and God the Holy Spirit who sanctifies you keep you faithful to life everlasting. Amen. Congratulations. We continue with the prayer of the church. Lord Jesus Christ, your salvation is not only for certain people or certain nations, but it is for the entire world. You have given us this message of the gospel in our mouths and in our hearts. Make us bold to share this message with all people, sharing what is in our hearts with courage, because we know that we cannot be put to shame when we trust in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Giver of light, There are still those who have not yet heard the truth, who have not yet seen your love for them. These people who are still in the darkness are like sheep without a shepherd. Use us to guide those lost ones into the light of your word. Continue to provide faithful workers in your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, the reality of our sinful world shows itself in senseless violence and the great tragedies that come as a result. We come to you, Lord, on behalf of all those who have been affected by the mass shooting that took place in Lewiston, Maine. We ask that you use this awful tragedy as an opportunity to bring real and lasting comfort that can only be found in your promises. Give comfort and support to those who are in the midst of grieving. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And great physician, all healing comes from your loving hands. This morning we ask that you continue to pour out care and healing on all those who are struggling with illness or disease. We ask that you give patience and perseverance both to those who are starting battles with disease and to those who have been struggling for a long time. If it is your will, please deliver them from these ailments and restore them to health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
And hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. And we join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who promised that wherever two or three come together in his name, there he is with them, to shepherd his flock until he comes again in glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Amen.
As we celebrate the Lord's Supper, God's Word promises amazing blessings through this meal, and it also gives warnings. So we do ask, if you haven't had a chance to to study with us yet about what the Lord's Supper is, that you refrain until you have the chance to, to do that. Come, for all is now ready.
we continue with the thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the foretaste of the heavenly banquet you have given us in this sacrament. Through this gift you have fed our faith, nourished our hope, and strengthened our love. By your Spirit, help us to live as your holy people until that day when you will receive us as your guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, 
few announcements to make. It looks like maybe some people are making announcements too, so I'll, uh, I'll take the first one. Uh, new Bible information class, the new round starts this Tuesday. So uh, the people that finished the last one all said it's worth it, so you should totally do it. Um, if you haven't taken it, or if you have, uh, come join us. It's 12 weeks, 12 lessons, 12 key teachings of Scripture each week looking at what God's Word actually says about things that people have all sorts of thoughts about. Uh, so it's a very question-based thing. Get your questions answered from you know, what the Bible actually says about it, not just what I've always heard or what some person thinks, uh, but what does God say? And before I do my others, I'll let you guys go so I don't steal any thunder. <coughs> So that's 11.45 in the back room. All right. All right, so you want them to find you today after church and tell you? Okay, all right. And then uh, the Abiding Grace Bags of Hope. So, so Lacey has started a, a program uh, where we are collecting things to put in bags for those who are homeless. Uh, if you would like to help out with that, there is a stack of lists on the back table under the, under the window over there um, that different things that might be helpful to have in those bags. Uh, and that way we can help uh, show Christ's love in that way. Um, men's Bible study is this Saturday, 8 a.m. at Golden Corral. Uh, and then Thanksgiving coming up soon on the 18th, Saturday at 4 p.m. is our family Thanksgiving feast. So the, the meat will be provided, I think, and then uh, we'll be bringing dishes to pass. There will be uh, sign-up sheets for that starting next week, um, if they're not out there already. Uh, and then, of course, our Thanksgiving Eve service on the Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll gather together to praise God um, for all the gifts that he's given us. Am I missing any? Oh, the uh, um, last Sunday, was it, was Trunk or Treat, right? This week is going fast. Uh, it was Trunk or Treat last week, and uh, there was a contest on Facebook for the best trunk, and my empty trunk did not win. It had candy. I thought that was enough, but it didn't win. The winner with the most votes on Facebook, Vicar and Aislin. Congratulations. There you go. Nemo and, uh, and Dory, I think. So, wonderful. Uh, I think that's all the announcements. Am I missing anything? Christmas for kids. Yep. So that is December 9th. Uh, yep, you can sign up to 
uh, uh, help set up. You can sign up to, to do any of the various jobs during the week. And please do take some of the invitation cards out there and invite your friends and family. That's coming up quickly here. 11.45, adult choir right up here. We good? All right, God bless your week as you live for him.